the barber's chair and he's got his face all lathered up with soap. And then he sticks a, a blade up to his throat and says, are you ready to die? <laughs> Obviously, that's not a good way to share your faith. But this is what I'm going to be talking about. I'm talking about dying. Because the theme of this message, I believe, is are we growing? If you want to grow, you got to die. Now, the scripture says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Did everybody get a, an envelope with some seeds in it? That's what's... What's in there is a bunch of seeds. Okay, mustard seeds. You don't have to open them because I'm afraid if you did, they'd be falling all over the floor and there'd be a real uh, job to, to uh, get them up. Well, we know that, and what I believe prompted this message from the Holy Spirit is I would come here every morning, or Sunday mornings anyway, and I would see that garden growing outside. In order for that garden to grow, seed had to be planted. And that seed had to be placed in the ground and that hardened shell that was on that seed had to break open and then life sprang up. And so that's what we see out there. We see. So if we want to produce fruit as Christians, we have to die. I'm not talking about physical death. That's something that we're all going to do at once. But I'm talking about dying to ourselves. Now in this particular scripture, Jesus was referring to himself that he was going to die. He was giving a little hint that this is what's going to happen to him. I'm going to die. He sort of fed his disciples in little bits and pieces and let them know what was coming down. But he was referring to himself. Uh, so maybe if we could go to the, the, the next slide there. He said, then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all other parables. If I can encourage you to read the whole book of Mark. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole book of Mark. There's just so much there. But from verses 13 to 20, he's explaining the parable of the sower and the seed. Okay, so next, the farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. The, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message. So in one translation, it says that the seed is people. So will everybody shake that and says, I am people. <laughs> I am seed. <laughs> okay, so what he was referring to is that people are the seed. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. And we see that. Especially sometimes if we're witnessing and if we're sharing our faith with others is, is that they hear it, but then it's gone. The devil just comes along and takes, takes it. Okay, next, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, getting all excited. I've just got saved. I've just received Jesus Christ and then, but since they don't have any deep roots, they don't last long. 
They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Next, the seed that fell amongst the thorn represents others who hear God's word, but too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things so that no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. Who wants to produce fruit? Who wants, who wants to produce 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold? Why, does he t- why do you think he talks about the different levels of fruit bearing? That's right. We talked, Pastor Keith talked about that, didn't he? About the willingness, commitment. So we do play a part in fruit bearing. We can determine whether we're going to be 30-fold, we're going to be 60-fold, or we're going to be 100-fold Christians. So God took an awful chance when he gave us free will, didn't he? He gave all the animals into the ark. He could only get eight people. Because of free will. So here's a beautiful tree filled with fruit. What are some of the fruit that God wants us to produce? Patience. Kindness. Okay. Faith, joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And what's the last one? Self-control. That's right. That's self-control. That's a hard one, isn't it? It's funny, it's at the end of the fruit. Like, whether God set it up that way or not, but self-control, yeah, that's that's a difficult one. And and that, that can apply to so many areas. But yeah, God wants us to be producing fruit. And so it's necessary if we want to produce fruit as Christians, if we want to mature, there has to be a dying process. We first die when we come to the knowledge of the fact that we're sinners, that we can't save ourselves. See, that's a humbling experience for people to admit they can't make it on their own, that they can't save themselves, that no matter what they do, no matter what they work at, no matter how hard they work, that no way can they earn their way to heaven. So we die when we say, God, I need you. I'm a sinner. I accept your free gift of salvation. I accept what you did for me on the cross, and I believe it, and I receive it, and I accept the fact now that it's not by my righteous acts, but according to your mercies, I've been saved. So that's our first death, as it were. But then there's also a daily death too, isn't it? Jesus says, if any man will come after me, let him take up his cross daily, denying himself and falling after after him. But yeah, this is where, see the gifts. This church is loaded with gifts. And what I mean by that, that every one of you has been given a gift by the Holy Spirit. In, In some cases, you have received more than a gift. 
So that's something that's yours. Whether it's tongues and interpretation, whether it's prophecy, whether it's evangelism. These, every good and perfect gift comes from God, the Father of lights, in whom there is no verilness nor shadow of turning. Like God just, he drops it on us. No effort required on us other than obedience. If the Holy Spirit tells us like he did this morning, I want you to speak out, I want you to give a word. That's our only effort. Fruit bearing is different. This is where we work with God. This is where the free will comes in. Yes, Lord, I want to be more loving. I want to be more joyful. I want to be more patient. I want... You look at the Corinthian church. They were the most carnal church going, and yet they had all of the gifts. So there has to be a dying process, except a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies. It abides alone, but if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. We have to die to self. Okay, the third slide. So how do we grow? And and a lot of this is for young believers. I I know we have a fairly good mixed congregation here when it comes to young believers and older believers, some who are a little more mature than others. It says, like newborn babes, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. If you're you're just a new babe in Christ, if you've only been serving the Lord for a short period of time, don't get too hung up on being perfect, okay? God is quite willing to change your diaper. Just drink the milk, the milk of your word. Well, what do you think the milk of the word is? The Bible, yes. But stay out of the Old Testament, okay? <laughs> like strong meat belongs to full those who are mature. Strong meat belongs to those who are full age. If you're a young Christian, don't get too caught up on, yes, certain doctrinal issues We know that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father, but other than a whole lot of stuff like eschatology and hermeneutics and all of that stuff, just like you as parents gave your kids the bottle every day, that's what he's talking about here. As as young Christians, just read the word. Just read the word. Just just read it. And if something, if the Holy Spirit brings something to light, then, you know, mark it down. And, and, and uh, yeah, like, look at our kids. Did any, did any of you here have a growth chart for your kids? Can you remember when you get them to stand against the wall and, you know? You did that? I'm sure God has a growth chart for every one of us. And he knows and he expects us because he knows what we brought in, the garbage, the stuff that we brought into our Christian walk. He knows our background. He knows what our DNA is. He knows what kind of a dysfunctional family we're, we were raised in. And, and so he's quite patient with us. So he says, you know, he might make this, expect more from this person and he might expect Less from that person, because he, he knows. So he says, like newborn babies, you must crave spirit, pure spiritual milk. 
just get in the Word, read the Word, and pretty no, uh, you know, you will change. <laughs> the, the, through the process of osmosis, <laughs> I call it. Okay, the fourth slide. Okay, so how do we know if we're growing? I mean, I think there needs to be some indicators, like say our own kids. Let's say after a while, um, we can notice there's a stunt in growth. Uh, let, let's say maybe there's, there's something wrong, whether there's something physically wrong with them or, or whatever, or maybe we need to get them off milk and put them on pablum or something like that. But there's, there's got to be some indicators as to whether we're growing or not in the Lord. So I believe perhaps the first sign of growth is there is a desire for God. You hear it all the time in this church, intimacy. What, what do you think that means? What do you think intimacy means? What's that? Closest. What's that? Yeah, but, yes, but when you're intimate... That's right. That's right. I, I, there's a young couple here that uh, I think they're going to get married pretty soon. And, and I, I would think that they probably have a pretty close relationship with each other. I mean, they're, they're pretty intimate. And, and what I'm saying is they want to spend time with each other. They miss each other. I'm sure they're looking for that phone call or that text or that, that email or whatever. Because, well, that's what an indication that we're growing in the Lord is we want to spend time with him. Not out of duty, not out of necessity, not out of religion, but relationship. See, this is what the Christian walk is all about. It's relationship. Connection. We're connected with God by the Holy Spirit as we sensed him this morning, and he's connected with us. When, when you accept Jesus Christ into your heart and life and ask him to forgive you, from your sins and he washes them all away in his precious blood, then you become connected to God by the Holy Spirit. And it's so important that we get to understand what, what does that mean to have an intimate relationship with God. So by spending time with him, because we're talking about gro- growth, by being intimate with God, we discover how much he loves us. By, by getting into God's word, we're reading. Cause, and I said to Pastor Keith this morning, there's no other way that God could tell us how much he loved us than writing a letter to us or putting it in a book. So by spending time in the book, we find out how much God loves us. We find out that he has a plan for us. I mean, I was just reading Psalm 139 this morning and talks about... While I was being formed in my mother's womb, he was there watching over me, being shaped. It says he planned every one of my days out for me. Well, you know, I'm not a special kid. You are all special kids to God. But if I didn't spend time reading his word, I wouldn't know that, would I? I wouldn't know that God has a love for me that goes beyond human understanding. I mean, in, you know, I wouldn't know the promises that said, he that has begun a good work in me will finish it till the day of Christ. So when sometimes I mess up, God, hey, before you were born, I knew you. God's got a plan. 
for all of us, as Kenny says, God's got a plan. Well, he does. But how am I going to know that plan unless I'm in God's word, spending time in intimacy? So time with him. I believe that part of growth as well is that we have a desire to please him. Lord, I, I so want to please you. You know, like David said, King David said, you know me, Lord. But yes, God knows us. He knows our shortcomings. He knows we're prone to wander. He knows we're prone to failure. He, he knows all of these things. And yet somehow, as the song says, when he was on the cross that day, then I was on his mind, as you were as well. Another indication that we're growing is we have a love for God's people. We really do. We, we, we just want to be with them. We want to spend time with them. David said in, in Psalm 16, he said, Lord, next to you, I love those who love you. So there's that bond. He says, we, we want to be with each other. Now, it's kind of hard in our society, especially with so many of us living so far away. Uh, but the early church met daily, broke bread together daily. I mean, that was just, it, it was a normal thing to do for them to get together with, with each other. A love for fellowship you know, a, a sign that, you, like I said, not only do you want to get together on Sunday, but during the week, if you have a chance to go for coffee or just be, you know, let us break bread together, as it were. Unity. This is a key. This is the key. Psalm 133 is one of my favorite psalms. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It's like the oil that flowed over Aaron's head, down his beard, down the skirts of his garment. And there the Lord sent the blessing, the anointing, even life forevermore. I certainly feel there was some unity here this morning. Because the Holy Spirit feels welcome in unity. Where there's division, where there's backbiting and all of this other stuff, the Holy says, I'm sorry guys, I'm out here. <laughs> Until you get your situation and problems worked out that I'm... And I, I go on to say, caring for each other. And I know, I know you folks do care for each other, whether it's a card, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a Pentecostal handshake, or, uh, and I think most of you know what that means, is when you know that a brother or sister is in need, you casually walk up to them and slip them a bill or, or whatever, not for the world to see, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says if we do those things openly, we got a reward now. If we do it in secret, then we've got a reward waiting for us at the other end. I believe also if we're growing, we do have a desire to tell others about Jesus. That should be part of our DNA. Remember when Andrew got saved, the first thing he did was go get Peter. And it's just part and parcel. That doesn't mean we're saying, I got a witness today and, you know, God. But, but no, it just should be something that, and if you don't have that desire to tell others about Jesus, then ask the Lord, Lord, you know. And it could be your neighbor. It, it, and witnessing, I know as Ron says, it's not always with words. It's with deeds as well. But I believe they go hand in hand. That, that, that if you do have a chance, and I, I, I'm so encouraged that folks are taking the Bibles out on the table. The whole purpose of that is so that if you have something in your purse or in your pocket, whether you leave it at a bus stop or whether you leave it on a bus or, or, or whatever, if you happen to meet someone and just says, 
hey, do you mind if I give you this little Bible? Would you like to have a little Bible? Uh, they say, sure. The worst they can say is no. And finally, trials and temptations. <laughs> this is an automatic. As one guy said to me last week, he said, Bill, he said, before I got saved, I had no problems, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, but since he's gotten saved, man, it just seems like the whole hell itself has been set against him. Well, that's part and parcel, but the devil's mad. The devil's upset that he had you once, and now he doesn't have you anymore, and you belong to Jesus, and he's going to fight tooth and nail to get you back. But another reason why it's so important to be in God's word is that when the temptations come and the trials come and the storms come, it says we're to be rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And another thing I put up there as, as well is thankfulness. One of the signs that you're going in the Lord is that you're thankful. God wants us to be thankful, even sometimes if you don't feel very thankful. I'm that way at times. You know, if my back is bothering me or I got a sinus headache or, or whatever, you might not feel thankful. You may not feel like praising the Lord. And this is where honesty comes in. See, God looks for transparency. He looks for honesty. God, I don't feel like praising you today. But I'm going to praise you anyway because I love you. I'm going to be thankful. Lord, show me something I can be thankful for, even though I may not think I've got, you know. And of course, the greatest thing that we can be thanking God for is that our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. And let's go to the last slide. I believe there's one more slide there. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. Keep going. Now, <laughs> Jesus is talking to the Pharisees here, so please understand the context of what he's saying here. Because they were always giving, they were always challenging him. They were always in his faith. They were, face, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Go ahead. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. So he's talking about the heart here, isn't it? One of the ways that we know that we're growing is, is our heart. Are we taking care of our heart? Are we making sure that uh, we're keeping short accounts with God? If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. You know, Jesus Christ, the righteous. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to can, you know, cleanse us from all of our sin and all of our unrighteousness. So it says, keep your heart with all diligence. And that's a daily walk. That's that daily coming to God and spending time. Because when we're in the word, there's something mystical that happens in the word. Jesus says, you are clean through the word that is spoken to you. So there is a cleansing that takes place when, when we're in, in, in the word. It's like the washing. He talks about the washing of the water of the word. Okay, next one. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day. Now, 
this is heavy. Remember I said, as a newborn Christian, as a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word. But then he says, strong meat belongs to those who are of full age, those who are, are maturing. Every idle word you speak, we're going to have to give an account of. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Go ahead. And I tell you this. Is there, any more, is there one more verse there? That was it? That's the end of it? Okay. So this is where we have to say, okay, Lord. It's interesting. The last fruit of the Spirit is self-control. A good sign that we're growing up and maturing is we're watching what we say. The last member to get a, the Holy Spirit seems to get a hold of is, is that unruly member. Right? I think that's why he gives tongues as well, because at least when we're speaking in tongues, <laughs> we're not using our tongue for evil. But praise too, like when we're praising God and when we're thanking God, we're not using our tongue for other things. So this is something we, we just, you know, uh, put yourself up against your growth chart. <laughs> Say, okay, God, have I grown? Am I growing? The Bible says growing grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Pastor Keith and I talked about that. The whole growing process. We grow in grace. What do you think that means to grow in grace? See, sometimes I, and, and this is not a license for sin. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes we make it so narrow. And God says, hey, widen the road a bit. Have some grace in yourself. Have some grace. Have some grace with one another. Space for grace, make space for grace. So let's grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, what is knowing what God is really like? What are you like? He's not this tyrant up there ready to hit us over the head every time we make a mistake. Your dad might have been like that. My dad might have been like that, but that's not. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. And he just wants to put a loving on his kids just like this young couple, I'm sure, wanted to. But every time we get together with God, he just wants to put such a loving on us. He just wants to give us a hug and tell us how much he loves us. And yes, I know that area you're struggling with. You know, I, I look at the Christian walk as, have you ever seen those hurdles when, when runners do the hurdles? Well, when we get saved, we're probably knocking a whole lot of hurdles over, Right? But as we get our spiritual muscles, as we get our spiritual legs, hopefully we're not knocking as many over as, as we grow up and as we, we mature in the Lord. And in knowledge. As you, as you spend time with God, you'll grow in, in knowledge of just who this God is. Another prayer I, I pray is, Lord, that I might grow in wisdom and in knowledge and in favor with God and with man. Jesus grew in stature and in favor with God and man. 
Ask that we would grow in favor with God. God wants to pour his favor. He also wants to give you favor with others out there. Especially sharing Christ. God wants to give you, build relationships with people. He wants to give you favor with people so that at the right time, you might say, well, what do you think about Jesus? (laughs) But that comes through relationship. Relationship with God relationship with each other, and finally, relationship with people outside. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much. And you know the level that we're all at, Lord. Some are just beginning the journey. Some have been a few miles down the road. Some have been along the way. But either way, no matter where we're at on your growth chart, Lord, We understand that there's still lots of room to grow. Help us to be teachable. And Lord, I can learn, I know I can learn from the youngest believer. And we can learn from each other. And so that's why we put us, you put us together as the theme of this message was, are we growing together? Are we growing together as a body? Are we growing up in you? Teach us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor? Thank you, Bill. That's great stuff. Necessary.